An interesting idea that we can explore is that we can only love somebody in whom we see ourselves, so to speak. And consequently, the more narrow our sense of self is, the fewer people we can love. And the broader our sense of self is, the more people that we can love. It's an extreme example is, let's say, uh, a mama uh, bear, a grizzly bear. Uh, the, The grizzly bear loves her cubs a lot, right? She takes care of them. She feeds them. She sacrifices for them. She fights for them battles for them. And yet, if somebody, if a person comes across the cubs, then there's not so much love, is there? And uh, the the bear is is ready to rip uh, the person's face off. Uh, So here we would say that the bear is a sentient thinking uh, entity, uh, uh, except one that only sees itself strictly as a bear. So consequently, the bear can't easily see itself in a person, it's a different species. I have no idea what this is. Uh, and uh, if a person comes across, that, that's it. It's, it's, uh, it. it's time to beef. But with the little baby cubs, I see myself in them, the bear would think, if we were to put words in its uh, snout, is it? Mouth, whatever it is. And uh, consequently, the bear identifies, kind of sees, sees herself in, in the cubs. But of course, right, if a bear is uh, trained, if there's a... Uh, uh, the bear gets food time and time again from a, a owner, from a, from a trainer. Then the bear can also be acclimatized to that person, to, but probably to a limited extent because we do see wild animals such as tigers and bears, even after a very long kind of a relationship with a, with a trainer, sometimes they still attack and rip the, the person to shreds because presumably it's a, because of a, a, the limited intellect, there's unlimited um possibility of seeing of expanding that sense of self for a tiger for a bear and so forth to see itself in the person it's more it's an object that's feeding me and maybe to some extent in as much as i can identify that it's alive maybe i can a little bit kind of uh probably not though or that's that's already probably stretching it so by us it's it's the same idea when we're a baby we only know of our own existence we have no other ideas in mind and consequently, the only thing that we love is what benefits our, our uh, kind of uh, existence in the way, in a way that we understand, which is uh, obviously food uh, and, and the warmth and all that nice stuff. And as we grow older, if our sense of self remains equally narrow, or it can be that that narrow, it expands a little bit. But if it if it remains pretty narrow, then what happens is that apparently uh, is that we. I see we develop our whole psychological superstructure around our self-esteem needs, around our fundamental need to feel like somebody and something, uh, to feel valuable and worthwhile and special. So our whole, under, all of our understandings, all of our beliefs, everything we're drawn to and that we're averse to, it's all specifically tailored in order to enable that self-love. So consequently, the the, the more particular and narrow our psychology is, the the, the more kind of we've, the more deviations we've made in our thinking from honest thinking, the more we, we've had to, to spin up like, a, like yarn, right? We've had to, 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 uh, to, to, uh, um, to, to spin it up. Uh, the, the fewer people that we will be able to see ourselves in. What's a specific example? Let's say that we uh, have a, a very kind of due to our self-esteem needs, we have a, a, a very particular self-image. We think, you know, I'm a, uh, the most uh, beautiful person in, in the world, and I have to, to I have to view myself as the most beautiful person in the world. That's an integral part of my uh, self-esteem. 
So, of course, people's opinions vary on uh, other people's looks. And not every single person is going to think that we are the most beautiful person in the world. But that's a psychological need of ours. Right? So if we come across a person that doesn't agree and doesn't bolster our, our self-image, how can we love them? Right? That, that would take a, a, would have to be a big person inside in order to do that. And that's not something we're always able to do. It would be a threat to our self-esteem. So we say, no, you don't think I'm the most beautiful? I hate you. Right, or perhaps we, uh, we, we really uh, kind of uh, uh, have a very particular way of, of looking at things. We really strongly believe about uh, that one thing is right, another thing is wrong. So we come across another person who, 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 who thinks contrary to ourself. So if, if a person thinking contrary to what, to what we think implies that we think the incorrect thing. And if we think the incorrect thing, that is, of course, very threatening to our pride, to our, to our self-love. What, 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 am I, what am I, sucker? I'm going to think the wrong thing. I'm going to have the incorrect opinions. So if another person uh, threatens my, my conceptions, I, I have to hate the other person in order to protect and preserve my self-love and so forth and so on. So we say that any kind of psychological stuff limits it circumscribes the, uh, us and limits the amount of people that we can love. A self-image, I have to think of myself as very smart or as very informed. And somebody disagrees, right? Uh, um, very strongly held opinions, uh, a very narrow particular worldview. Uh, and uh, by worldviews, we see uh, very interestingly that uh, uh, we, if given the chance, we're going to go to extreme lengths in order to custom tailor a worldview that makes us, without question, the VIP, makes us the center of the whole universe, and makes all people, puts them in a relationship to us uh, of our uh, kind of, con uh, of their value being contingent on us accepting them. <laughs> Interestingly enough, so if we, to, to get the point quick, we can just take a, a, any one of a number of cases from uh, asylums, uh, from lunatic asylums, and there people say, uh, I'm Alexander the Great, I'm Cleopatra, I'm the king of the world. I'm, I'm the queen of the world. And, and you are, are nobody. Maybe if I can, uh, if you bow down to me, I'm going to accept you into my uh, inner circle. Right? So that's the extreme. And obviously, not only lunatics, but when lunatics are, are capable, uh, <laughs> competent people, they can turn that into a reality, such as the real life conquerors and, uh, <laughs> and uh, warlords and, and queens and kings that, that uh, weren't just born into it, but kind of went after it. So we can turn that into reality. So that's our ideal. If we could, we would. It stands to reason in our natural state. Meaning, remember, all of this is unconscious before we specifically thought about it, before we've broken it down, before we've worked on ourselves. So none of this is a person is thinking this, like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is just how kind of it naturally goes, just like with the, the bear, right? It, it's not thinking, oh, you're a person, I'm a bear. It's just how it goes. So that's the ideal. And there's less extreme forms of it, which is we can shop around for an ideology or a worldview that does this that uh, does this for us that plays this this part for us and uh, there's plenty right and uh, there's there's again it's on a spectrum there's things that are, are more common and that there's many people involved in it so consequently if we accept it we're not that uh, we may have to reject the hundreds of millions billions of people but we still have a, a large community we, st we still have a culture we still have uh, all that kind of stuff uh, so that that's that's a more sane option and obviously the less sane options are all the cults and all the conspiracy theory kind of clubs and 
or the extreme belief clubs. What's the point of that? What does a person get out of really kind of being insistent on that there's a creature that, um, whatever, we, <laughs> we, we shouldn't be too worried here about offending anybody, right? That there's Loch Ness, uh, Nessie, that there's uh, Bigfoot. Why is it so important? Like if there's Bigfoot, then there is. If there's not, there's not. Well, what's that big deal? So that's the whole idea. It's something that is playing that psychological part for us. Right, because I know that there's a monster that nobody else knows about. I have information that nobody else has. Right, I be, I I know the secret about aliens. I know the secret about the governments conspiring with the, you know, the these people and that and this and that. And uh, you don't. And that also puts us and gives us that kind of psychological vibe, that kind of sense that we're after. That the person who who in the asylum that we gave the extreme example would just say, "I'm a I'm a king or a queen." That's it, right? If we, if there's nothing stopping us at all, we don't, we don't care whatsoever about anybody's opinion. We have zero marbles in our mind, and yeah, we could say whatever. We can say, "I'm the, the, the um, monarch of the whole universe," and every day the the sun comes out to bow down to me. That that might may or may not have been a, a belief of ancient peoples, right? But uh, we can say that. Well, who cares? What's the difference? But people that have uh, even a little bit of sense, they, they obviously they won't, but they'll, they may easily find something like that. And we see far more people than we would think if we just let them speak uh, without uh, interrupting and without interfering. They're going to tell us the crazy things that they uh, hold. And it's not crazy because we're passing judgment on the, the, what, what they're saying because that would make us crazy. Right. If it's also crazy to be absolutely convinced that there's no animals uh, or 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 creatures that we we don't know of. Right. I know for a fact there's no Bigfoot or Nessie. No, I don't, and you don't either. But the, so we're not saying that that's crazy. What's crazy is that, uh, or or what's not healthy uh, is that psychological need to to insist on something like that. The healthy attitude concerning all things that we don't know that we're not sure about is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know about aliens. I don't know about Nessie. I don't know about Bigfoot. I don't know about conspiracies. Really, the the bottom line is, who cares? How is that going to help me? Let's say there's 10 million conspiracies and all the Bigfoots, they're all jumping up and down. And now what? Is that going to turn me into a human being? Is that going to improve my character, my mind, my personality, my morals? No, it won't. So what does it matter? Why spend time thinking about it? So we're not judging the content, right? Because then we get into a debate. You don't believe me? I have evidence. We're not doing that. We're judging. It may be true, maybe not true. It doesn't matter. We're judging the psychological thought process. We can induce, uh, abstract from all of these individual cases, from the more extreme to the less extreme, and under, and, and try to form uh, an idea of, of the general psychological principle at play. So anyhow, we see this going on, and uh, the less extreme, the even the less extreme forms of it, aside from the crazy beliefs, is just how we kind of structure our life, right? We want to find uh, people that reaffirm our our psychological identity, that tell us how we're special, uh, whether it's a significant other or our friends or the uh, people in our community, the organizations we're a part of. We want to, f- <coughs> excuse me, we want to find that um, affirmation. Oh, excuse me. Um, we want to uh, find that it's it, saying our children, right? That uh, we want to find that. Uh, we said in our spouse and, and so forth and so on. And the downside is, of course, that people have their own psychological needs. And when their needs kind of contradict ours, we're willing to, to get rid of people in our life, even our children. How many people, parents, unfortunately, 
or out of contact with their kids. Why? Because the kids went against their ways. They offended their values, their perceived values. They're this, they're that. They offended them somehow. So now we don't talk anymore. So many parents would say, obviously, divorce is pretty high. Why? Right? Didn't it, wasn't it love for forever? Apparently not, because the love was contingent on the other person supporting our self-love, right? As long as you uh, kind of uh, bolster this kind of psychological drama that I have going on around me that uh, can make me uh, feel good about myself, I love you as well because well, you're helping me love me. But if you then go against that, you make me feel bad, you make me feel insecure, you, may, you, you, go, you betray my trust, then that's it. You're worthless except for how you reflect on me. This is our standard mentality with all people. Your soul worth, whether you're a person on the street, you're a friend, you're a family member, you're a spouse, you're a child, you're an employee, you're somebody, whatever, a thinker, a scientist, a philosopher, a writer, a poet, an athlete, whatever it may be, your soul worth is your soul job in life is to make me feel good. Right? That's your soul worth. If you, let's say you're you're an athlete, you're on my team that I support, that consequently that I feel good when it wins, then I, I back you. I want the best for you. Oh, you tore your Achilles. Oh my goodness, your ACL. I hope you, you recover ASAP. But now you're on a different team. You're not enabling my self-love. I hate you. Uh, or at least I don't care, but maybe possibly I hate you because you betrayed me. All right, yeah, my spouse, right now you're on my team. You're supporting me psychologically, enabling my vanity. Enabling myself love. I love you, right? Because I love me. But now you're not. Now you you made me feel bad, and uh, you're worthless. I, I hate you. I'm ready. I'm ready to kill you. Even goodness forbid that does happen. Unfortunately, same thing with children. As long as you you know you can make me feel like a success, like you know I'm a parent. I can post that on social media. This that I love you, right? You're enabling myself love. Now you make me feel bad. You you call me out uh, on my nonsense. Oh my god, I hate you. That's it. You're done. Uh, uh, friends, right? That your value isn't uh, misery loves company. Keep me, keep my misery company. Tell me that I'm special. Tell me that I'm doing the right thing. Tell me I'm a good person. Tell me I'm perfect the way I am. Now you tell me otherwise. You call me out on something. You're a backstabber. That's it. I hate you, uh, and so forth and so on. Uh, also for our ideas and our thoughts. Uh, this idea is is helpful to me. It's self-serving. It's going to take responsibility off my back. I like that idea. I like the person who says that idea. Let me find out who said that so I can be a fan of theirs. Oh, this idea is making me feel uh, self-conscious. This idea is making me feel like I have to work on myself, like I'm inadequate. Forget about that. That can't be right. Whoever said that I hate, it's all going in the trash. Uh, uh, Blah, blah, blah. Same thing for the book. Same thing for things we hear, see, and so forth and so on. So this is our kind of modus operandi in our natural, untutored, unrefined animal state. It's purely and exclusively about our vain self-love, meaning to do with our our psychology, with our body, all that kind of stuff, and that's it. So we see this is obviously no fun at all, and it puts us in, in common. We all want to be special, but unfortunately, we try to be special like this, and it puts us in common with every single other uh, kind of degenerate person that, that there is, which is all of us basically, because it's very hard to, to get out of. Um, so consequently, and, and obviously we always, the other thing is we always deny that that applies to us. It's a, it's an amazing thing. Interestingly, when we call a person out for clear, evident, self-serving bias in their thought, clearly a person is accepting or rejecting an idea or a person 
uh, or a belief purely because it's it's uh, it's self-serving. It'll make uh, the person feel good. It'll reduce their responsibility, so forth. It's uh, it's clear as day, right? And yet, very rarely does a person say yes. You're right, right? Very very. Rarely. It takes a whole job to get a person to see that. And to admit that a person say, no, absolutely not. I'm completely objective. I only care about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. First, uh, uh, right? So then we say, so did you first come to your conviction? Uh, did you first want to, to say what you're saying now? Or did you first investigate completely impartially? So then the person will either lie and say, investigate completely impartially, or maybe they, they'll kind of be quiet and say, okay, fine, yeah. First, I wanted to believe, but they still won't fess up. They'll say, yeah, but it, nonetheless, it's true what I believe, yada, yada, yada. Right, so this is all. This is the other component. We don't see it in ourselves, and we can even talk about it. We can do a whole lecture on it, and we still surely have the same uh, kind of uh, nonsense going on with our own self. Not to point any fingers, right? Uh, but that's how it goes. It's a very tough challenge to overcome this kind of subjectivity and uh, and to be a human being, and not just this whatever this is. <laughs> Who's to say what it is? It's not nothing good. So how would we do it? The first thing, again, would be to, to acknowledge it. That's always the, the solution we would say. Or the first step with any problem, we have to acknowledge it. This is how it is. It's okay. Right? There's no need to feel guilty. We're, we don't mean bad. It's all out of love. We simply want to love ourselves, and we do what it takes in order to enable our self-love. What's the big deal? It's totally it's how it must be. We just want to overcome it. So we have to acknowledge it, and we have to begin to pay attention uh, to what we're doing in order to enable our self-love, to how we're bending reality, to how we're uh, kind of favoring and, and non-favoring, again, people, ideas, this, 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 in order to enable our self-love. We have to just begin to pay attention without judgment, without anything like that. And then hopefully we can develop some uh, uh, this kind of distance from it, a little bit of humor uh, about it. At least we can say, you know, I really want to believe this. I really want to hate this. I, I want to like this. But I understand it's because of my self-love. Because I want to love myself. It has nothing to do with the objectivity of it. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, uh, because it's true. Because it's true. Because it's true. Right? How we say it. Uh, it's, it's because I, 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 I want to like myself. That, that's no problem. Uh, so we would, that, that would be the first step probably. And then we just have to try to kind of reduce the amount of time that we spend thinking about ourself defined as our psychology, as our... Um, and as our body, we can start with just having a, a few minutes a day where we try to think about something that's not connected directly with our lower interest. We can say, what do I think about this issue? But let me make sure consciously, conscientiously to not bring myself into the picture, right? Because that's how we think about an issue. We're thinking, how will this affect me? It doesn't matter if it's a global issue. It doesn't matter if it's a historical issue. It doesn't matter if it involves billions of people. We're thinking, what impact will this have on my little psychological desires and, and self-esteem and all of this and pleasure and pain? So let's take two, three minutes a day to not do that, to think, okay, let, what, what do I think about this issue? Anything, social, scientific, economical, psychological, philosophical, relationship-wise, whatever it may be, what do I think without aside from its relation to me? Maybe we can even say, uh, take a relationship of ours and we can ask ourselves, what is the worth of the this person aside from how he or she makes me feel? Because right now, remember, every single person in our life exists in order to make us feel a certain type of way. We don't care what a person is worth his or, in his or her own self. It might be the most degenerate person on the planet, the most worthless person on the planet. But if he or she can make us feel good, 
we're we're down, right? We're we're with them. How many letters do the, all those uh, serial killers get in jail? It's crazy. The second they get locked up, they get fan mail from groupies, right? Who cares? This person can make me feel the way that I want to feel. So, so that's what we want to do, right? We want to think about what's the worth of of this. Or conversely, right? A person can be truly worthwhile. A person can be some somebody that's worth being. But if they don't make us feel good, they don't pander to our nonsense. We hate them. Period. So that we can do that. We can take a person and try to think objectively about them. What are they worth aside from me? Forget, let me get rid of myself from the picture. Stuff like that, right? And then we expand it two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and then we feel kind of get the hang of it. Like, wow, it's a whole different world that I can step into that's not purely and totally about my little ego, my little I, my little vanity and desires. That's a, it's the light, it's reality, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Oh my goodness. So then we're going to be, then we're going to want to expand it to an hour, to two hours. And then maybe we can get to a point uh, where of our thinking, where there is none of that at all as much as possible, right? Because still we, we see kind of, we perceive based on our understandings. And of course we can't, uh, we, we are what we are, but we can cont- continually minimize and get to a point where we're not thinking how will this affect me? How does this person, how does their worth, their worth hangs on their, how they make me feel. The worth of this idea hangs on whether it's going to make me look good, whether it's going to exculpate me, whether it's going to justify me, reduce my responsibilities. Uh, the, the worth of this belief system has nothing to do with me or what I think and so forth and so on. And that is really what we're shooting for. That kind of objectivity, only then can we call ourselves a human being, as opposed to whatever else we were before, and that uh, consequently, it's a it, it's a great thing. So we see all this energy that we invest into uh, becoming more and more subjective, right? Because again, this is all unconscious. We don't know what we're doing, and we think it's a good thing. We think as long as I can build my uh, kind of subjectivity even more, maybe I can turn it into a personal brand. Maybe I can make money off of it, off of my uh, essence. What is it? Eccentric eccentricities off of my weirdness, off of my strangeness, off of my little likes and dislikes and my little conspiracy theories and my little, you know, things swirling around in my mind. Maybe I can capitalize, right? So we think this is good. This is the way to success. I want to get paid to be me. And to be me means to believe X, Y, Z because it it, it helps me feel good and to hate uh, ABC because it makes me feel good. That's what we think. And consequently, we dig a deeper and deeper hole and we subjectivize ourselves more and more and more and more, and we can love fewer and a uh, few uh, more and more and more and more narrow part of reality, and less and less and less and less people, and so forth and so on. And basically, we shrink ourselves down to a tiny little point at war with all of reality and all of life and all other people and all other ideas. And that is no fun because the war we will most assuredly lose. We can have a huge subjective kind of. Reality, such as these conquerors, Napoleon, Alexander the Great, we're still going to be ground to dust and die like a dog. It's not going to help us. So the only way is to reverse track. Instead of getting more and more narrow and more and more subjective, we get broader and broader and broader and more and more objective and think less and less and less of ourselves. That's the way to go. Let's think about it. Thank you for listening.